Hi, I'm Leslie Adamas, and welcome to Race Forward, a weekly podcast on God and race relations. This is a progressive, faith-filled conversation that will anger you, encourage you, and equip you. Thanks again for joining us today. You picked a great day to listen in. Here is my friend and the host of Race Forward, Pastor Chuck Allen. Hey, everybody. Thanks so much for stopping by and being a part of Race Forward, God in Race Relations. I have found that uh, being able to verbalize and put together some thoughts about how God fits into race relations in the U.S. of A. really has helped me be able to put together a tangible and accessible thought pattern on how I can be a part of solutions, not a part of a problem. But before we get into that, I want uh, my partner in crime, Karan Boston, uh, to introduce himself, tell you a little bit about him. But before I do, buddy, I want to know this. Do you wash the meat before you cook it? Man, come on now. What kind of question is that? You got to no, wash your meat. You I'm, I'm with you. You know what? I'm, Our, our buddy Mauricio doesn't. He just throws it on the grill. Man, that's wrong. You got to wash the meat, man. No, man. You have no clue what those people put in that stuff to preserve it. My folks, we going to wash it. Chicken, See? beef, steak, yes, all sir. of that getting washed. Bro, if you've and ever walked through a chicken house, you're going to wash it. I guarantee it. Yeah. All right. I got, I got another one for you because this is the deep kind of things that America is dying to know. Do, your, do you name your pets after human names or cute names? All right, well, let me say this real quick. What's up, y'all? It's Karan, uh, also known as C-Ron, depending on how close you get to me. Or if you just can't pronounce my name right, it's C-Ron to you. Uh, I'm what you would call the residential uh, African-American guy on the chat. And uh, I want y'all to know this. As black people, I can say this first. I can't speak for all black people, but since I got the mic, I'll represent a common common notion here and we do not name our pets after uh human names so you're uh, like spot get... and jiffy and those kind of I, things no nah, not like spot and jiffy i'll put it to you like this i had a dog named emerald named after the stone a dog named diamond of course named after the stone and we had a dog named fox because it looked like a fox that's <laughs> well look the the uh the great kanye west once said uh you couldn't afford a car so you named your daughter alexis <laughs> uh we couldn't well that sounds like a drive. that sounds like a time we ought to change the subject and get on uh to something <laughs> that might actually matter and while we're using the term what actually matters let's talk about black lives matter here's what i discovered that there are two camps karan you got you got black lives matter and then you got all lives matter. And, you know, I get it. I, I think some people want to make this into an argument about semantics, which is, hey, if all lives matter, then black lives matter. But there is a difference. And I have learned that, that there is a radical difference in how you hear, receive, or even say black lives matter versus, hey, all lives matter. So help us understand uh, what is the difference in, in how we speak about black lives matter? For sure. What, man, right off the bat, what you got to know about Black Lives Matter is, number one, uh, although it is now an organization, uh, it was once a phrase and still mm. is a phrase, a phrase that was very necessary to be communicated at the time in which it was uh, derived. So when you say Black Lives Matter to me, uh, what you're saying 
is not Black Lives Matter above all. You're not saying that. You're not saying Black Lives Matter more than your life or more than my life matters. What you're saying is Black Lives Matter as well as all the other lives in the nation that uh, would identify with majority culture. And so I, I say that because, man, Black Lives Matter was created um, right after the uh, acquittal of George Zimmerman. If you don't know about George Zimmerman, uh, he was a community watch man. Um, and he, he took the life of a 17 year old kid who was on his way back from the store with Skittles and iced tea. Uh, so he was on the phone with police officers telling him he's chasing the guy down and he thought fit the description of doing something, being up to no good. And, uh, a, a long story short, he took this kid's life and he was, uh, not guilty. And so black lives matter came from a very heartfelt cry that said, listen, you guys don't value black lives in America the way in which you value the lives of young white girls or or older white men. And we want to say black lives matter, too. You know, and so that's what a phrase came from. It is a focus group, although not exclusive, a, a focus group that does not say uh, that our lives matter more than we just want to know. We just want to hear the nation say that our lives matter as well. Yeah. Yeah, I, I guess the, the question that probably rings through a lot of people's mind is if Black Lives Matter is a uh, is a movement, and I believe it is, I, and I think it's a movement that is on the move, and I think it will remain on the move for a long time. Uh, and I would actually argue that it should, because we do have a, an audience that's listening now. We have an audience that hears because of that. But why so much friction around those three short words, Black Lives Matter. And I, I guess I'll, I'll, I'll throw it out there as a white guy and say, I think, I think we bristle occasionally because we confuse the movement of Black Lives Matter versus maybe what is now an organization, Black Lives Matter. Mm -hmm. Do you think that's true? Absolutely. Yeah, and I think that, that there's some... Uh, some part of that organization that has now become like a, a financial cash cow where um, everybody's printing it on a shirt and there's an opportunity there to 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 come up in a sense. But but really at its root, um, I want y'all to know, like, it's totally OK to support a movement without being a part of the organization like myself. I am a young black male, but I also love Jesus. And so there's a lot of things going on in that organization that I cannot get behind. I just don't support. But although I do support the fact that in our nation, we need to push for a change to see black lives matter as much as all other lives. And so um, don't allow yourself to get so uh, worked up in all about what the organization is doing. Uh, if you believe that that the nation should show uh, equality amongst all lives, which the phrase all lives matter means that, uh, then all lives won't matter until black lives matters to you. Boy, that so. now that right there. I mean, that that's tweetable right there because uh, all lives cannot matter until black lives matter. And I do believe that I was having dinner with a friend the other night, Quran, and he had a great phrase. He said, you know, sometimes it's just time. You know, sometimes mm -hmm. it's just time. Like, uh, I feel like America has hit this. Uh, I, I feel like they've come crashing into a door that is opening to a new season where 
ears are, are, are more open than ever before and hearts are more willing than ever before. But I, my fear is that this will be a new cycle and it'll stop and it will stop being sexy for white people to talk about race. That, that truly is a fear because right now, I mean, listen, if you're a white preacher, man, you've always got to talk going on about race with somebody and you find whoever your local black dude is, it'll sit up there with you. And then you talk like, man, you've been brothers. And I, that scares me a little bit because when I picture Jesus and how Jesus would attach his name to race, he, this is why he ta- tells the story of chasing after the one and left the 99. Mm-hmm. Because all those sheep couldn't matter until they all were there. It was sometimes it's just time to do the right thing. And right. I, I think that's pretty interesting. Yeah, for sure. And and I think Jesus even goes even further when he shares the story about the Good Samaritan. A lot of us think that story is about some guy that did something good when actually he was talking to a specific group of people who felt some kind of way about the person Absolutely. that was in the street. And so they walked around him and they walked around him, but the people that they didn't like actually stepped in to do the good. And so That's Jesus right. was, he spoke about this kind of stuff all the time. You just had to see it. Well, you know, I to. think sometimes we, we in our 21st century westernized American world, I think we see race and we immediately think black, white. And mm-hmm. that's easy to do here in America. I mean, that truly, that's mm-hmm. easy to do. But we also we also have so many other people that are diverse in this melting pot of a nation. And but I say all that to remind us of this one thing, and that is, we we are a people that forget that in Bible times racism was rampant. Jesus Thanks. had to speak specifically to it. That's why the parable of the Good Samaritan was so powerful. It was yeah. absolutely radical for a Jew and a Samaritan to be seen together, much less help them. I mean, it's why Jesus at the with the woman at the well is such a powerful story. But mm-hmm. but Jesus was specific here, and even in the Paulian writings, we hear things like uh, no no Greek, no Jew, no male, no female. Uh, it was. Paul is explicit about how the gospel of Jesus washes over all of that, that there's no room yeah. for racism in the midst of the story of the gospel. Yeah. And let me say this, man, on the concept of the the Black Lives Matter and All Lives Matter situation, like like I said, Black Lives Matter was a focus group. Let's get Black Lives Matter, Matter as equally so as all others. But then you had this other group come along called All Lives Matter, in which I would probably coined that to be a response group. reason why I mm. said it, because you never see all lives matter show up until they're responding to the phrase black lives matter. You know, I've yeah, seen it's black never, lives it's matter. never out there. It's not on a protest of its own is what you're saying. Yeah. Cause if all lives matter, you'd be protesting down uh, at, at every place where the Dakota pipeline situation was happening, or you'd be protesting down there where at ice where, where Hispanic families are being ripped apart. Like, if all lives matter, how come we don't see y'all show up at Black Lives Matter protests saying, yes, all lives matter. So let's make sure Black Lives Matter. And so like there there's a much to say about that really when it comes down to it on that side of the Christian conversation. It's like the sheep, the 99 sheep yelling at Jesus. Don't you go out there and go get that one sheep because we're all right here. and We matter. Why don't you stay yeah. with us? And that's just not that's really good. what we want to do. Yeah, you know, it, it just hit me to ask this question as we kind of transition into a little Q and A now. Uh, so let me let me be the question instead of the answer. I like wearing this hat better. Um, 
how do black people who are at a protest that are trying to make sure that their voice is heard over the fray that black lives matter how do how do you respond to white people showing up at that rally on your side like um i noticed that yeah. the one you and i were uh sharing together i mean 50 percent of the people there were white i saw that as a good thing but honestly i didn't stop to ask you if you thought that was a good thing from your side yeah bro i'll tell you this that is the point right if the point was a cry to get the nation to realize that all um black lives matter as much as all other lives then that's the point. We want everybody yeah. to be a part of that. We want everybody to push for that so that we can crash, kill, destroy this systemic racist that's uh, so good. Uh, way, you know, in, in but our I country. Think that so gives that's celebrated. People, yeah, I think that gives people like me great hope that don't be afraid to join a protest. Don't be afraid to let your voice be heard because if we if we learn to stand with you, then we can we can always be stronger. Scripture's real clear about this. I mean, we are always better together. We were created for community. God made no mistake when he decided to put us in diversity, in community, because he knew that this we're better together. So I want to ask a couple of questions. We try to pare down and get ready to call uh, this, this episode a day. Um, I know that coming up this weekend, there is this thing called Juneteenth. And mm-hmm. I've discovered something, Quran, this, uh, this past week, that the vast majority of Southern white people have never heard the phrase Juneteenth. Or if they did, there was no understanding attached to it. Give us just a quick history lesson. I know next week we're going to focus on Juneteenth, but just, just tonight, give us a little teaser to help us understand what that's about and how we could participate this weekend. Yeah, so there's going to be a ton, I mean, a ton of people celebrating uh, Juneteenth this this year. And you're going to be looking at that like, okay, what's going on? What's why? And I would probably say the reason being is because it's not very taught in our, our textbooks and not taught in our history right. classes. Uh, but Juneteenth is a holiday that I think right now there's only three states that don't have it as a holiday and so we're really pushing to make that a national holiday the point the point and purpose behind juneteenth is that uh it it commemorates the emancipation of enslaved african americans in this country and so that was done on june 19th um but the the whole thing behind that the Emancipation Proclamation was signed in 1862, so y'all gotta y'all gotta know that. But in 1865, Texas finally got got the word and let that and let their mass uh, sorry and let their enslaved people walk free. And so, like the whole point behind why we celebrate the 1865 instead of the 1862 is that look. We ain't nobody free until we are free. And so it's really kind of like an African-American's July 4th because we weren't free on July 4th. Man, that's a uh, that is a good word. By the way, as we prepare to wrap up, if you if you really want to figure out Juneteenth, I, I encourage you to Google it. You will find a wealth of information. And as Karan talked about, you'll find a lot of information that you were never taught in school. Uh, much of this was never taught, at least in my schools. And uh, the, the quick thought of it, June 19, 1865, a Union general by the name of Gordon Granger read federal orders in Galveston, Texas, that all previously enslaved people in Texas were free. 
And yet here we are in 2020 and we're still trying to make a point that black lives matter. So, uh, Karan, I want you to do me a favor, if you would, buddy. I feel like we've had a... Is there anything you you got a parting shot you want to give us before we wrap up today? Yeah, let me go ahead and say this, y'all. I want to challenge you guys because I know still, even after this 15 minutes, some of us are going to have to struggle with the phrase Black Lives Matter. What I want you to do is there's a popular documentary on Netflix and on YouTube called 13th. If you would just commit yourselves to ch- being challenged to watch that, I'm pretty sure you will understand why there's a necessity for a phrase like Black Lives Matter. And again, you can be behind, you can totally support the phrase, totally support a movement without having to identify with everything the organization is doing. Y'all can check out RaceForwardPodcast.com and 13th Documentary will be there. And so it's coming up this week, um, like Chuck said, we're gonna it's gonna be Juneteenth on this Friday. So coming up this week in our next podcast, we're gonna start off something called uh celebrate good times. It's gonna be a few episodes there. We're gonna talk about things we love to celebrate in this country, whether that's monuments, flags, heritage, the whole nine. We'll dive into Juneteenth as yeah. the first episode of Celebrate Good Times, and we'll talk I about some it. of the cool things we saw this Friday. Yeah, I agree. So, friend, I want to thank you for, uh, man, one, for being my friend and tolerating my inability to understand everything. Thank you for taking us to school some. And friends, I want to thank you for joining us for this Race Forward podcast. Uh, Share this with other people. It's as simple as raceforwardpodcast.com. And uh, Ethan's going to put up in the next week some videos that we'd already done in weeks past in the couple of episodes we've already got. And we'll be back with another episode next week. And as Karan talked about, we're going to dive into Juneteenth, what that really feels like and why we, uh, we don't seem to have that in our textbooks. That ought to be an interesting conversation. Uh, let me pray for us on the way out, if you guys don't mind. God, thank you for my friends. Thank you for uh, Karan and the, the friend he is to me, uh, the encourager he is because he's a man of God, that he's a guy that uh, is speaking in truth. And I'm just grateful that uh, I have the privilege to be his uh, co-laborer in this work. God, give us wisdom that we uh, what we say would bring peace into this nation, greater understanding into this nation, and more than anything, unity into this nation. Lord, we love you, and uh, I know that you've called us to do this work together. Let us let people see us in love and doing this work together in the name of Jesus, our Lord. Amen. Karan, I love you, buddy, and I uh, can't wait to get back on another episode next week. All right, guys, take care. We'll see you at the next episode of Race Forward. God bless you. Bye now.